Good morning, everyone. All right, thank Pastor Anthony and thank you for the pastors for giving me this opportunity to preach God's word today with all of you. Uh, I also like to thank all of you all for your prayerful support for me uh, as I am in my theological studies in TDC. So the past two and a half years has been a very fruitful and rewarding journey. And I appreciate all of you all for asking me how am I doing and for also offering your prayers uh, to me. So just a very short update. Uh, Currently, I'm in my final year at TDC. So I have one more semester towards graduation. So I'll be graduating in May uh, 2023. And then for those of you who, I mean, serve in the army, uh, the feeling is like ORD mode already. Wow, it's going to ORD very soon. Yeah, so I'm very happy and looking forward to uh, graduating and continuing on this uh, pastoral journey that God has uh, called me to. For those of you who may not know, also, uh, the next picture will also tell you a life update about myself in the next picture. Yeah, so I'm uh, happily married to Jenna, if you all do, do not know about that. Um, I think some people do not know, actually, I think some people have got asked Jenna before, asked me before, uh, and so I'd like to tell everyone that I'm married. Uh, I got married, yeah, thank you, thank you, thanks for... Yeah, I got married during the COVID season in 2020, so it was a very uh, small and not very big affair, so I guess maybe not everyone is aware about it. Yeah, so we've been almost married for about yeah, two years, almost two years, yeah, I just calculating, yeah, almost two years. Yeah, two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think someone was also asking me, why do I look so slim, right? I don't know, as I was uh, looking through my suit. So this suit was worn like three years ago, uh, before, I mean, after, uh, when I was a, as a PTM, you know, we wear a suit, right? So I think I haven't worn this suit for very long. And then when I went to try the suit, I said, wow, actually it's a bit not as tight as before. La. Yeah. So actually, uh, I think Amoku has really fed me very well. <laughs> so during the, uh, when I went to TDC, I think I lost a bit of weight. Uh, but then now actually I'm really trying to gain weight. But I think, I think God has somehow blessed me with a high metabolism. So I cannot really help it. And just to also clarify, right, I think my wife never tortured me. Okay, she never said cannot eat this. I know some of y'all think that Jenna is very healthy, which is true. Yeah, but so far she has not restricted me on my diet. La, so don't worry. I'm, I actually do eat quite a lot. It's just that I really have a high metabolism and I do exercise for, uh, from time to time. La. Yeah, so if you want to lose weight, maybe you may want to consider sign up for TDC. Okay, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Please don't, don't do that. Yeah. Okay, jokes aside, <laughs> today's sermon title is Who is uh, Your Servant? And I think from the worship songs, you also can um, tell and uh, that the worship song is alluding to this topic uh, as well. In the, next, in the next slide, you will also see that some of the ideas for this sermon uh, has been adapted from this book, uh, Serving Without Sinking, uh, by John Hindley, which I want to give credit to uh, for this sermon. So let us pray. I want to give us a very short time uh, to pray as we prepare our hearts to listen to God's word. Let's round our prayers. Lord Jesus, may we be attentive to hear your word and obey you. Give us an awesome sense of your presence through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
John is known in church to be serving very actively in various ministries. On Wednesday night, after a long day of work, he goes to the LCC meeting, hoping to present a proposal that will help improve uh, the church. On Fridays, he goes to cell group. He's leading a cell group uh, with class meeting questions, and God has indeed blessed the cell group. The cell group is growing and multiplying. The following day, he goes to church on a Saturday afternoon to help out with the Alpha program. Over the past few years, especially during the COVID season, we've seen many friends and pre-believing newcomers coming to join the Alpha. And John is so excited to share the gospel with the people who come. On Sunday morning, after attending the 8 o'clock main service, he goes to Sunday school, children ministry, to help teach the kids. As he was walking back home from church uh, on a Sunday afternoon, he just felt the whole weight of exhaustion on him. Why do I only have Sunday afternoon to rest? Why does serving feel like a chore sometimes? Where has my joy gone to? Does this remind you of someone you know? Or perhaps to some extent, it might be describing the situation that you are facing right now. When you are a younger Christian, perhaps you recall a time when you were so passionate in serving the Lord. As a young Christian, after encountering God's love, you were so eager to serve Him. You were so full of joy. You always look forward to serving the Lord. But as time passes by, as years goes by, somehow, Serving just suck out the joy out of us. You keep pressing on because the Bible says we need to serve. The church has needs. The church has so many needs. I need to respond to the call of God. But inside you, you struggle with this contradiction in your heart. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How can Jesus offer rest, but yet serving him feels like a chore? Is this an empty promise? Today's sermon hope to explore how we can find our rest in our service. And the first step is to first explore our motivations for our service, whether we are serving with the right motives. We will take a look at our scripture passage for today, uh, Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 42 to 45. And uh, may I invite all of us, I think the, yeah, the verses is on the screen, uh, may I invite all of us to read together with me uh, at the same time, if that's okay with all of you. Okay, so let me read uh, verse 42. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God. So to give a very brief, short context about this passage, 
this was a passage where James and John requested Jesus to allow them to sit uh, at his left hand and right hand in glory. The other disciples were unhappy with them, probably because perhaps they wanted the power for themselves as well. Do we get jealous or competitive in church? Do we strive for positions in church? Now to our scripture text, Jesus responded to the other disciples quite similarly to Peter and John. Just use this as a teaching moment that they are not to be like the Gentile rulers who lord over the people. They are to be servant and slave. And that was really a very radical kind of thinking. In contrast to the world where we are always seeking to be in power, where we are always wanting to be served, one first class service, here the passage is calling us to humble ourselves and to serve others, to serve the interests of others. You might say, Ah, yeah, Joshua, I already know all of this already. I hear about it so many times. You know, I'm really serving the Lord. I serve in church day in, day out. I already sacrificed myself. Why do I need to hear another such sermon again? But do you know that there's actually a way of self-serving? Uh, there's, sorry, there's actually a way of serving that's actually self-serving? And because of that, that robs away our joy of serving. Let me share a story I read in the book uh, On Technic Faith uh, by Gary Thomas, which I paraphrase it. I was invited to lunch by a Christian who wanted to ask me how I handle temptations on the road. I had just written an article on the topic and was so excited to share it with him. For 45 minutes, I shared with him all my wisdom, I shared all my insights and felt that, wow, I've indeed blessed him. However, strangely, after coming home uh, from lunch, I just felt so exhausted and so frustrated. I felt that I wasn't of any help to him at all. As I prayed to the Lord about it the next morning, I realized why I felt so unhelpful. This brother's question was not, how do you handle temptations, Gary? Though it was a question he actually verbalized, that was a question he asked, it was actually not the real question that was burning in his heart. The real question was, Gary, how can I handle temptation on the road? So though the question was, he was asking Gary, how do you? But in fact, the real question was, he himself was struggling with it. And because this brother framed the question, with Gary as a subject, uh, Gary went down uh, the wrong path. He realized, Gary realized that he was so full of himself, he, in, and because of that, he gave himself to him instead of uh, helping the brother to encounter God. Upon reflection, Gary said that he should have slowed down to listen before speaking, to ask him questions instead of thinking I should share with him all my wisdom. End of story. In our service, we might be self-serving. We serve to promote ourselves. For most of us, I'm sure that we probably don't go around boasting and bragging about, wow, I've served so much in church. Wow, I serve everywhere. I've served so well. I'm sure most of us don't go around bragging about it. On the outside, consciously, we may not boast about it. But this temptation of self-serving is one that resides in the heart. 
It is one that is perhaps sometimes unconscious. We serve in order to impress others. When a pastor asks you, or I mean any of the pastors that ask you if you would like to serve on this committee, does your heart beam with joy as you, as you say, okay, la, I'll pray about it. La, right? Then, but in your heart, maybe you think, wow, the pastor recognized me. You know, wow, after so many years in church, wow, the pastor recognized that I actually exist. How do you know if you serve to impress uh, others? How do you feel when someone criticizes you uh, or gives you feedback for the ministry that you do? Maybe you're on some camp committee or, or any committee in church and someone gives you a critic or, or feedback. Of course, it's very normal to feel discouraged. But do you allow this emotion to grow and make you become angry? You might say, this ungrateful person. I already put in so much hard work already. You know? I already do this, do that, do that, do that, do that. And yet, you do not recognize my effort. And yet, you just critic me. Or do you ask yourself, let me discern if this feedback is indeed valid and think about how I can improve on this. Because service is to seek the interest of others, so if I can improve, I should. Or perhaps, do we compare with others? Wow, your cell group so well. Every week, uh, your attendance is so good. And somehow, your cell group is preparing to be multiplying in the next few years. Wow, I feel so uh, happy for you. But deep inside, perhaps, as a cell leader, perhaps you may feel jealous, and maybe perhaps a sense of competition. Do we serve to impress others? What I'm saying here is that I'm not saying that we should not encourage, well, it means, well, if we serve to impress others, it means we shouldn't encourage people, we shouldn't affirm people. No, don't get me wrong. We should. Uh, our part is to encourage and affirm others. Uh, but on our own personal part, uh, we should not be dependent on people's praises uh, to serve. So you may ask me, okay then, so what should we do about it? How do we address this temptation or this self-serving attitude that robs away uh, our joy? So we need to look at our scripture passage today, uh, especially the last line uh, of the verse, uh, from verse uh, 45. Uh, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So imagine if the Bible had actually omitted this verse out. So we have read the scripture passages now. If the Bible had just omitted this verse, Jesus would have sounded like a very great teacher or some religious, uh, great religious leader calling us to follow his example to serve others. But this would not have been good news. Verse 45, as we have, I just highlighted to you, is the good news. It is uh, the key Christmas message. All of us here, all of us were created to have a relationship with God. And that is our greatest need. But we have rejected Him by doing things our own way. And this rebellious attitude is what the Bible describes as sin. And sin separates us from God. And, but because of God's great love, He sent His Son into the world, the man, Jesus Christ. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve as by giving his life for us on the cross so that forgiveness of sin might be available to us. So to all who believe and repent, we can have a relationship uh, with God. 
So because of our relationship with God as believers of Christ, we do not need to seek praise and approval from others. We are loved and accepted by Him. We are God's beloved. Hence, if we recognize all of that, this will allow us to be very secure in our identity. And it's when we are secure, we can serve joyfully in secret, even when no one notices us. When we are criticized for our ministry, we do not let it shake our identity. But indeed, we discern if this feedback is valid and think about how I can improve. When we are secure, we do not compare our ministry with one another, but instead rejoice in other people's success when they do well. So my first point here is that when tempted to serve to impress others, remember that Jesus came to serve us by securing our relationship with him. Perhaps you may ask, <coughs> sorry. perhaps you may say, I, uh, I don't serve to impress others. Maybe you serve because you need to matter. You want to feel needed. Jesus needs me in order to get his work done in the church. A classic example is the story of Mary and Martha in Luke uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 38 to 42. And to help you summarize this story, uh, basically Martha opened her house to Jesus and was distracted by all the various preparations that needed to be done. You know, and then Mary, her sister, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to him. Martha became upset with Jesus that Mary was not helping uh, with the work. But Jesus replied that Mary has chosen what is better, to sit at the feet, to listen to him. In Martha's mind, you know, the one who was just very busy with all the preparation, she's probably thinking, but then when things fall apart, right? I mean, if no one works, then everything falls apart, right? I mean, it makes very logical sense. But Jesus says that she only needs one thing, to listen to his words. He wants us to spend time in his presence. Perhaps, do you feel that there's so much church work to be done? And as a result of that, we compromise on listening to his words. Do you think that Jesus needs your work more than you need to listen to his words? If I do not serve in youth ministry, there will not be enough people to take care of the youth. If I do not serve in the Alpha program, who will share the gospel with them? And I want to clarify here that these are good intentions and that, that we should be serving. I'm not asking us not to serve, but we need to first recognize that God doesn't need us. And that most importantly, it's our relationship with Him and that He wants us to spend time in His presence. In Acts 17, in the next slide, uh, Acts 17, uh, verse 24 to 25, um, let me read it for all of us. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by men, nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God is the one who made everything. He is sovereign over everything, including the church as well. God does not need anything from human hands, as he is the one who gives them life. So hence, God is not dependent on us at all. 
He can do all these ministries without us. So let me, uh, let's look at Mark 10, Mark 10, 45 again uh, to re-emphasize the point. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the heart of this is not about what I can do for Christ, but it's about what Christ has done uh, for me. However, after becoming a Christian, we think it's all about, okay, what I can do for Christ, what I can do for Christ. We serve Christ. And we often read this passage just thinking that, okay, like Jesus is just teaching me to follow example. He served, so I serve law, you know, like, just following his example, just following a role model. So that is true. We serve because Jesus served, but it's so much more than that. We must first recognize that the Son of Man came to serve us. We, each of all of us here, we are first served by Him. Christ is serving each and any one of you. He does not need our help. He has come uh, to serve you. So what does that mean for us? He wants you, you who He is serving you, to come to His feet, to listen to Him. He wants you to enjoy being in a relationship with Him. He wants to serve us with His love and acceptance over us. Have you compromised spending time with Him because of busyness in ministry? Perhaps you might need to consider stepping down from a ministry. And to clarify here, I want to emphasize again, I'm not asking you not to serve. But rather the question is, has service compromised our time with Him? When we see that Jesus is the true servant, we can serve joyfully and freedom, knowing that it is not dependent on us at all. Jesus Himself will provide for His ministry. It is ultimately dependent on Him. So my second point here is that when tempted to think that Jesus needs our service, Remember that He came, Jesus came to serve us. The Son of God, He came to serve us by providing everything for His ministry. So just to share a personal example, uh, yes, for myself, I do face temptation, of course, and sometimes I do look to my own service to serve my own needs instead of looking to Jesus. When I was a younger Christian during my tertiary days, uh, not so far away, actually. Uh, I was serving quite actively in church and in school. I recall in my moments of weakness, uh, I complained to God a lot. I complained to God about my single. I asked a lot. Uh, people say that if you focus on being the right partner, then trying to find one, ah, yeah, God will write your love story. That's what I always hear. I just become focused on being the right partner. You know, God will write your love story, that kind of thing. So I told God, I, uh, I serve you so much. I mean, I mean, I'm just uh, sharing with you all from my heart. I serve you so much, God. But why am I still single? All these other Christians don't even serve you. But then they get all the girls. I mean, how is it possible, right? I mean, in my mind, I was thinking, I serve you so much. Shouldn't the good Christian girls be impressed by my service for you? I mean, good Christian guy, right? I mean, they always say you cannot find a good Christian guy. But then yet, they don't, they're not impressed by me. Shouldn't you bless me with a girlfriend? Why, Lord? Why so unfair? So upon reflection, I realized that I was using my service to bargain with God. 
upon reflection, I realized that, hey, actually deep down in my heart, I was trying to impress others with my service instead of just being satisfied with God. And hence, as a result of that, of that, I felt restless and very joyless in my serving. As I pray about it, the Lord really humbled me to see that I was really serving Him with the wrong motivations. That I was using service to serve my own needs, which indeed brings no rest and joy at all. And hence, I needed to repent, I needed to turn my eyes back to Jesus again, that He is serving me first. He has met all my needs and I can find true contentment in Him. My future spouse can't do that at all. So you may you may ask you may ask I so if I am loved and accepted so what I'm what I've, you have heard so far is I'm if I'm loved and accepted for who I am why do I need to serve then if Christ is not dependent on me uh, why should I serve you may ask and of course we all know that serving is in obedience to the Lord's commandment. However, I would like to share with you that it's not just only a commandment. Of course, commandment is very important. It's not just an obligation. It is through service where we experience the Lord's presence as well. If we truly understand that Christ has came to serve us, service is then a gift to enjoy His presence. My third point is Christ serves us with the gift of His presence by allowing us to serve Him. In John chapter 14, uh, verse 15 to 16, uh, it says that if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And this helper refers uh, to the Holy Spirit. And each of us believers here, those who believe in Christ, have the Holy Spirit in each of us. And the Holy Spirit is the presence of Christ. Christ is living inside of us. So while God does not need us to serve Him, but as children of God, we He gives us the privilege of serving alongside Him for His kingdom. And through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, as we serve alongside Him, we experience His presence and His empowerment. Just look at the disciples in the book of Acts. If you read the book of Acts, especially Acts 13, uh, verse 52, I just share with you a short example. From Acts 13, verse 52. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. So despite persecution, so the disciples were facing persecution, just uh, to share the context. But yet despite persecution, they continued to serve. And they had so much joy due to the Holy Spirit presence and empowerment. Let's look at another passage uh, from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. Uh, verse 4 to 7 is a very familiar passage to all of you all about spiritual gifts. I think I'm sure you all have heard uh, before. Uh, let me read it. it <clears throat> sorry, let me read it for you all. Uh, now, there are varieties of gifts by the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service by the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Each of us here, as believers of Christ, is given spiritual gifts through the Holy Spirit for the common good. Have you ever wondered why this is called gifts, spiritual gifts? Why not spiritual work? Or why not spiritual chores? Because gifts are for our enjoyment and benefit. And not only for us, but to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ. For example, 
pastors have the gift of preaching. They preach God's word so that those who listen to it will benefit and experience Christ. If you have the gift of encouragement, you encourage the pastors or encourage your fellow members with God's word, they get encouraged too and experience Christ. But each of us have to unwrap our gifts and share them with others. Imagine, it's like a gift exchange. I mean, of course, it's not the best energy, but imagine it's like a gift exchange where everyone has to bring their gift so that everyone benefits uh, from all of it. So that as everyone uses their gift that God has given him or her, all of us will experience Christ. So serving not only allows us to experience Christ as well, but the recipients of our serving, as we share this gift, spiritual gift with others, experience the presence of Christ as well. So many years ago, uh, many years ago, uh, I was on the one-month overseas mission trip. Uh, can't name the country, uh, but I recall losing around four kg uh, because we didn't get to eat a lot. So I, well, I lose four kg back then. That was really quite. Uh, I think you can tell that I lost weight, uh, And uh, we wanted to eat what the people ate there, uh, and also we wanted to be with the people. So we just ate whatever they ate and just spend time with them. So in Singapore or at least for myself, I can't say for others, I feel that I'm very privileged to have my feel. So during one of these uh, ministry sessions as I was serving there in the mission trip, I really felt very hungry and tired, just really very discouraged by what was happening. But as I was doing the ministry, the Lord suddenly impressed upon me a verse. He just gave me a verse from John 4, uh, verse 34. And uh, the verse says, I don't think it's up there, I didn't put it up there, uh, just say to them, uh, my foot is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Let me read it again. The verse, Jesus said to them, My foot is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So upon imagine upon hearing this verse from the Lord, I really felt, wow, my foot is to do his work. And somehow this verse really strengthened me and I really felt very close to God after that. And because of that verse, that was actually one of the turning points for me uh, during that mission trip, which really sustained me uh, throughout. And so while this is just a short testimony, I'm sure that for all, the, for all of you who have been serving the Lord, you have many testimonies of His presence as well. So for those of us who may not be serving for various reasons, why not? Do we just see service just as a commitment out of the many commitments you have in your life? Why are you missing out on this gift that Christ is offering to you? Christ has came to serve you. And because of what he has done for you, we can have a relationship with him. And as we serve him, we can continue to experience his presence in our life as well. So the third point is that Christ serves us with the gift of his presence by allowing us this opportunity uh, to serve him. As we come to the end of the sermon today, I hope that you remember these three points. My first point uh, is that when tempted to serve others, remember that Christ came to serve us by securing our relationship with Him. When we are secure in our identity, we can serve joyfully in secret, even when no one notices us. My second point is when tempted to think that, oh, Jesus needs my service, Remember that Jesus came to serve us by providing everything for his ministry. 
when we see that Jesus is the true servant, we can serve joyfully and experience freedom, knowing that it is not dependent on us. He provides for his ministry. It is dependent on him. And my third point is that Christ serves us with the gift of his presence by allowing us this opportunity to serve him, even when he doesn't need our service. I hope that what you see here in common in all of these three points is that Christ has came, has come to give himself uh, to us. And then how then should we respond uh, today? Perhaps some of us are like John. Remember John at the start of seven? I hope you all didn't forget John at the start of seven, even though he's not a real, real person I'm thinking of. John at the start was, who felt that serving is like a chore. This could be because we struggle with um, wrong motives for serving him. Hence, let's take some time to evaluate why we serve. Perhaps you might need to consider stepping down to evaluate our relationship with the Lord. If we look to our service to serve our needs, we will find no rest and joy at all. And after recognizing uh, some of these uh, wrong motives that we have, let's then turn our eyes to Him, Jesus, to see that He is first serving us. He is our true servant. He will meet all of our needs and that we can find rest as we allow Him uh, to serve us. For those of us who are not serving in church, pray for the Holy Spirit's help to see serving as a gift, as a joy, and not just a mere commitment or mere obligation to obey. Through serving Him, we enjoy the gift of His presence. Uh, let us pray. Just give you a very short time uh, to respond to today's message. What do you sense that the Lord is speaking to you today? Where is your heart? Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for you, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has came not to be served, but to serve us through your death on the cross. Lord, forgive us for the times where we are tempted to serve you, to serve our own needs. Help us, Lord, to recognize that we all come with various motives, Help us not to repent and indeed turn our eyes towards you to see that you are serving us, Lord. You are the true servant. There's nothing that we can do to earn your love. There's nothing that we can do that will accomplish the ministry. It is you who will accomplish your ministry. It is you who loves us and provides for all of our needs. So Lord, help us not to find rest in you. And I pray for those who are not serving in church at all, perhaps for various reasons, for 
I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will, will empower them and to help them see serving as a gift and not just a commitment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.